the person I ended up being with and ended up marrying is a different person and he wanted different things out of his life. And I had to come to that realization I need to let go of the expectations of security and stability financially and um, accept his choices and his goals and respect his dreams. And I needed to up my financial education so that I can be a better partner. Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that, that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself and if you're not happy with your own choices then you're never going to be happy. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. Today I have Maru Senthil here. Maru and I caught up for coffee recently and we got into this conversation about sharing finances with your partner and the journey that you've gone through in order to do that. So Maru is an insurance advisor, uh, an insurance financial advisor by day at her company Vive Financial Advisors. So I thought it would be cool to dive into this with you. But firstly, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you, Sarah. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. I'd like to thank you for inviting me to your home to record (laughs) this. This is great. Um, and yeah, really enjoyed our chat last time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having this with you. When we spoke, you mentioned the importance that money mindset tends to play in how you handle your finances. Uh, and we spoke, I spoke about how this is usually established within childhood. How have you seen this play out in your life from childhood? Our relationship with many universal concepts such as food, love, money, A lot of those things are established, also power. All of those things are established by the age of seven. This has been supported by many studies across the world and it has definitely been proven true uh, in my case. So I grew up around a significant amount of domestic violence. Um, There was a lot of abuse between uh, my parents going on, predominantly from one parent to the other. And a lot of that was from a financial abuse point of view as well. What that meant is I witnessed my parents constantly approaching finances from more of a security and fight and flight uh, mindset. So only focusing on what's in front of them because their energy and time were spent on arguing or dealing with, you know, prioritizing their relationship. So there was not much room for other things outside that, including managing money. So I inherited that. I inherited managing money, making short-term decisions with my money. And as an adult, that did not serve me well. And it took a lot of therapy and uh, working on myself to recognize that I needed to change the way I looked at money and the way I approach money. That sounds extremely hard and I'm sure influenced so many parts of your life outside of finance as well, but I can imagine that may, may have been a realisation that came later around money was like, oh, actually, this is impacting how I deal with it. 100%, yep. Mm-hmm. And then things got a little bit more trickier when I got into a relationship. Mm-hmm. So uh, your mindset, your money mindset affects your relationship significantly at the end of the day, 
a big reason many couples separate is actually due to money reasons, finances not being a centre of discussion um, from the beginning. And just like how, how our relationship evolves in many ways, our financial aspect of that relationship also evolves from the beginning to end. And many couples don't discuss the financial aspect from the beginning and evolve together. So when it comes to your relationship and starting to learn about what that looked like for you two as like a partnership, what was there any like significant event or something that you remember happening and thinking, okay, now we need to sit down and communicate or talk about this a little bit more? Yeah, I guess there was no um, such thing as one incident exactly. It was um, a recurring thing that happened over small things. So for example, when I started earning money and it came to making decisions around household expenses or even working towards financial goals together, I never witnessed two partners or my parents working towards financial goals together. Mm. It was never a thing. Um, And I think even in a lot of immigrant um, households, usually one parent makes a lot of decisions to do with money. Mm. It was never a combined decision they make, and it was the same for me. So I didn't understand the importance of working together financially or knowing all the financial um, things to make decisions together. I relied on my husband to make the financial decisions for me, Mm. and that was not productive. If both both people make decisions and know make the active effort to know more about their finances, then the decisions are going to be much better. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose then you feel, if you can also be a part of those decisions, you feel that empowerment and some kind of control over your financial wellness as well, which is so important. And you did mention that you need to evolve together, which I think is extremely vital. So what were some of the differences you remember, or I guess still now even, in your husband's money mindset compared to yours and did that you know cause any challenges his upbringing was um, different to mine he did have more of a stable upbringing with two parents being more available providing basic needs and just being involved in his life whereas I felt my parents weren't available emotionally because they were too busy remedying their relationship um, over arguments, etc. But even then, I think he had a slightly different upbringing that led to maybe one parent making more decisions than the other one. And that is quite typical of many households, especially of older generations. Um, I think one person would have been the more of a main breadwinner and then the other person kind of looked after home. I'm not saying that's wrong, but if you do want an elevated financial position for your household, it's definitely better if you have two people knowing more and therefore making informed decisions more. And I think that's where he, that the background he comes from is he was used to having that one parent making all the decisions and knowing more. And he was okay to take that role until, of course, our financial goals started changing. So he started doing his own business and he no longer was in a steady salary job and therefore our household required more he our household couldn't just have one person making and knowing all the financial decisions because as a business owner you need a lot of support from your partner and I had to step up and find out more learn more about finances and um, just up my financial education game. Yeah, how did you find having to do that? Like, was that something that was intimidating to you, feeling like you had to take more control over the finances, or were you interested in that and a bit more proactive in your learning? 
It was very hard for me because I was raised in an environment where security and stability was a big thing because I felt like it was it lacked in, in the environment I was raised in. So it's all I seeked in the relationship I landed in. However, the person I ended up being with and ended up marrying is a different person and he wanted different things out of his life. And I had to come to that realization I need to let go of the expectations of security and stability financially and um, accept his choices and his goals and respect his dreams. And I needed to up my financial education so that I can be a better partner. And that, when I realized that and I embraced that, it made it easier for me. Until that point, I just resisted and expected stability and security. Um, but when I embraced my partner's dreams, aspirations, and really committed myself to supporting him then I thought no he's a risk taker that's why I even fell in love with him in the first place because he thought differently to the to the others and he loves driving business he loves building businesses he thinks differently and so I need to up my game and yeah it's hard but I can start somewhere wow that's that's also pretty a beautiful thing to say um and a really nice I think recollection of how you processed that learning and in, in your words, I guess having to step up into being a better partner um, and a better version of yourself. And it sounds like that probably took a lot of work just generally, you know, outside of that on your personal self in order to get to a point where that was possible, do you think? 100%. So I think it, it just came out even little things like um, seeing my friends um, benefit from all the things that secure stable life has to offer especially when you end up in a professional role you know you your typical buying your hat first home to decorating your home and you know just just your standard progression through life and then I compared that to the life that I'm living in but I failed to recognize that my goals and our combined goals and his goals are different mm. and that's okay to be at different stages in life and I should never compare myself to someone else and yeah that was the hardest part is undoing all of that um, mind work and I needed to reset my mindset basically yeah yeah and when you just mentioned around you know you have different goals and in relationships that often happens where one person wants one thing and the other person wants the other and then there's this block of okay well how do we communicate and and get through this so when you realize that you and your husband might have different goals or things that you want how did you initiate those first conversations in order to have a better understanding of what the other person wanted well I think um, it was definitely uh, one-sided thing because from the beginning my husband being the risk taker he is with money and business and things like that he was always upfront with right. the reality and the life that um, I'm committing myself to and getting myself into whereas I didn't even realize the mindset that I had inherited from my up upbringing which is stability and security both of which I did not have financially growing up so that's all I ever wanted in a relationship because I just wanted to experience it at least once. But I also um, realised that there's another side to that. So obviously coming from a place of scarcity, security, stability can be a baseline requirement to have a safe home. But the other side of that is having risks and uncertainty in life can also propel you into greatness. And that's where my husband was coming from. So for me, he was very clear in communicating what his aspirations were and where 
he is and what I'm committing myself into, whereas I wasn't good at communicating what I wanted or what I deep down really want. And so it caused friction at the beginning. And he would say, you know, you were okay. You did, you did say you understand what, what we are getting into by going into this relationship. But then I had to ask myself, why am I being bothered? You know, why am I being disturbed so easily by smallest things? And it really came down to this baseline security stability um, that I really wanted. And I had to let go of that because I knew that there are greater things in the horizons. Wow. Did you know that you that the thing you were wanting was security and stability at that time? Or is that something you've realised through hindsight? Something I definitely realised through hindsight. Mm. And so then... You, I guess you worked through that by knowing that there were better things on the horizon. So what did you do in partnership with your husband to get to that? Well, funnily enough, uh, when I saw my husband build his business and expand and do those sorts of things, it actually inspired me to build my own little side hustle on the side. I don't know if, um, if you know anyone or you've dated an entrepreneur, when you're with them, it kind of rubs off on you because ultimately we all do a job to afford a lifestyle, right? That's an aspect of having a job. So everybody ha- wants to have a bit of freedom around money and their jobs and you know, ultimately freedom is everything and I started it rubbed off on me and I uh, started a little side hustle on the side for my makeup business um, and it and I loved the freedom it gave me even even though it was just a little money coming in I loved that idea of having something extra on top of my, top of my salary coming in which was awesome so that cha- started changing my mindset as to how I looked at his goals and visions and I finally started understanding what it's like to have your own thing what it's like to build something from the grounds up and I slowly started understanding why it's worth taking that risk to build your own business. Wow amazing so it took you taking some kind of little risk for yourself in order to see the benefits of that to apply to your life with your husband. Taking risks don't always work out right 100 percent. and so were were there any times where taking a risk maybe didn't work out but it, it still taught you that that was a necessary part of what you needed to do to develop yep uh many times so the side effect of me investing and building a makeup business on the side meant that we didn't have a lot uh, of spare cash on the side to go into our savings and build a large enough emergency fund, which followed on onto when I was let go from my job, we had little to fall back on as savings or emergency funds. And that ultimately pushed us into uh, moving into a much smaller space literally a converted garage and it all ultimately came down to the fact that every spare cash I had I invested back into my makeup business but if I had put a bit of that into a savings account or emergency fund we would have had a bit of a buffer so that was a big risk I took and it didn't quite work out because it ultimately forced us out of our old rental um, space and forced us to move into a much smaller space which shouldn't have happened but oh well yeah there's just been so many learnings from that point as well which has made you all the stronger for it but also has maybe brought some clarity to what it is that you actually want and what 
those things outside of your job provide to you and how that's important to your day-to-day. In addition to what you said about taking risks and not working out, um, I also witnessed my husband engage in other you know, business ventures that didn't quite work out the way he wanted to, but I also saw him not being affected by those. He just took it, you know, oh yeah, it didn't work out, but I'm not dead. Right. Still alive, still living, and where there's life, there's still hope. Mm, I love that. So practically, what was the first thing that you guys did in order to get on the same page? Did you sit down and have a planning session? Was it just a conversation? What was it? Yeah, so the thing about relationship and money is that you do have to meet halfway. Um, unfortunately, it's a hard <laughs> pill to swallow. <laughs> and it, yeah, it definitely was a hard pill to swallow for me. Um, <laughs> We both had to meet halfway. So for, from my husband's point of view, he realized that, yep, I did marry someone. Even though she wasn't aware of this, I did marry someone who was after security and stability so badly. And so what can I do within my power to ensure that I can give her a little bit of that, if any, I can give her a bit of that. And likewise, I thought to myself, yep, I fell in love with this person because I do like the way he thinks, he thinks differently. And so therefore I need to respect his dreams and goals and the way he thinks um, about money and risks. And we're going to sit down together and put a budget together. Now putting a budget together when you, when both of you are on a salary jobs is so much more easier because you have steady, steady stream of income coming in. It's so much harder when one person has a steady income and the other person doesn't. Especially in the areas of financial services when people start out, there are some months that are not that great at all and then some months that are really good. So it was very hard for us to come together, meet halfway and put a budget together. So we sat down, put all the ego out, just left all the ego out and what we wanted out of the relationship and we really really looked at the relationship for what it is and we both what we both bring to the table um, and came from an angle of accepting what there is rather than expecting what I wanted, you know, I wanted this and you can't provide this and stuff like that. So we came down and put a budget together. That's where it all started changing because it gave us a deeper understanding into how finances work for different situations and there is no one rule that fits all. Well, that doesn't sound like a quick process then. No, it was. Um, <laughs> it took multiple trials and mm. errors. The first time it didn't work at all, mm-hmm. uh, but ultimately we came to an agreement, again, halfway point, we came to an agreement and found something that works for the two of us. And one thing that I have learned with finances and putting that budget together I do not believe in the whole 50-50 scenario when it comes to couple finance. What there is, is 100% from one person and another 100% from the other person. Chances are no two people in a relationship earn exactly the same amount. So one person would earn X percentage of the other person's income. So it's what worked for us is splitting the expenses according to that percentage split rather than 50-50. Yeah. Because we all bring different things to different tables. Yeah, an equity share of an inequality share. Like making Absolutely. Making it work for the person's situation. Mm. Yeah. Love it. And sometimes it's not just about the practical side of, you know, potentially sharing accounts, if that's something that's going to work for you in a, in a very basic sense. Yep. But establishing that communication we've spoken about. And you've touched on this quite a bit throughout, but I 
I suppose directly asking you the question, what role has good communication played in all of this and what does good communication actually mean to you? What it means to me at that time was being 100% um, open and honest and putting everything out on the table. What good communication means to me now is actually recognising what the partner is going through and allowing them the time and space to be able to communicate in a way that they're comfortable in. So really letting them come to you and communicate in their own time. You know anyone doing business, you would find that, you know, you'd never switch off um, and you would find them in periods um, where, where they are in a certain type of mood, time, you know, times of distress or they're stressed, especially if you're in charge of employees. And in, in those times, I would not bother him. I know that he will come to me when he's ready. Before it was, you know, all, all out in the open, 100% transparency. But now I trust my partner to communicate with me when he needs to and what he needs to. So safety and trust within the conversation. Is 100% and space. Space. Very important takeaways for people, I think, as well. Uh, I think another thing couples can sometimes struggle to understand is, is how they can actually organise their money. You know, some people would prefer to keep it separate. Others want it all in, as we were sp- speaking about. What questions did you and your husband ask yourselves to establish what you wanted? Because I think sometimes people can sit down and they're like, all right, let's have a chat about this. But they haven't actually thought about what they want out of the situation or it's more like let's just sort it out without thinking, okay, what's what's the end point that we're trying to get to here or what problem are we trying to solve? So yep. would you have any questions that you think people could ask themselves or their partner? Yeah, I think one question that I would ask is what am I hoping to achieve by the end of the end of the meeting? What sort of um, questions do I want to be answered? That, that's the first question. And then you ask yourself, what kind of questions do I want to be answered? And that way you set your intentions right for the conversation. And when you set your intentions right from the beginning, it also allows you to leave things like your ego, um, your own agenda out the window, and you really provide a safe space for your partner and yourself to truly and honestly communicate what each other are after, you know, and, and are feeling. Very easy to say, really hard to implement and practice and it takes time to in, to in order to do that and many things influence the mood that you're in this is the other thing sleep diet all of this and I've learned all of this the hard way so try not to have certain conversations when I'm sleep deprived or hangry mm. um, you do have to be super aware and I'm not usually good at being aware. My husband's quite good at being aware of these things and he'd be like, mm, probably not the best time to talk about these things because um, you are tired and I'm tired. Um, let's have a chat later. Yeah. I often find when it comes to elements of financial wellness and even personal development, a lot of ha- having successful conversations and communication with people often revolves around the person understanding themselves and knowing what they want. But that's also a huge ask, I think, as well. And yeah. and so it makes sense that in conjunction with you doing a lot of what sounds like a lot of personal inner work around just your own approach to life helped aid in the more fluent or the more successful conversations between you and your husband. Yes, 100%. I think doing work on yourself must come first 
Um, and when people think about couples finance, they're immediately associated to working on finances together in the relationship, whereas it really should start when you are single. When you're on yourself, you ask yourself, what kind of money mentality am I bringing from my childhood, from that subconscious mind that was formed as a child? And what sort of things do I want to change consciously so that I can be a good partner? Mm. And what kind of partner do I want? Mm. A very to compliment who I am and yeah. the amount of work I've done. Yeah, exactly. I think the piece that you mentioned when you said conscious, being conscious, so important. It's quite hard, I think, for a lot of people because we act emotionally a lot of the time, right? So when you're acting emotionally, you're not acting consciously. Yes. And your physical well-being bleeds into your emotional well-being and vice versa. And if you are a spiritual person, then that also bleeds into your well-being as well. So, for example, if you're tired, your physical well-being is not great, um, you're hangry or you're exhausted, chances are your emotional well-being is going to take a hit. So... Money, emotions, there is a strong correlation there, so you have to be conscious. There's so much value within all of that. And when we spoke before, you also mentioned that you and your husband are in a really great space now. Uh, and I'm honestly inspired by all the inner work you've done for yourself. It's it, it takes a lot, and it's amazing what you've been able to do. So, yeah, reflecting on everything, what were the main things... I suppose, that you think got you there uh, to to sum it up? When I say uh, we're in a great place, um, it also means it's not perfect. Mm. And I think that was the biggest key to getting to where we are now, where we support each other in whatever it may be. And our approach to money doesn't come from a place of fear and scarcity. It's really about embracing each other and our mindsets and recognizing that he has his own money mindset and I have my own money mindset, both of which are forever evolving. And then there's a third mindset, which is a combined money mindset for your relationship. And that is different. It's a thing of its own and that is also evolving. So recognizing the three things and allowing each other the space, time, Um, and the energy to communicate, like you say, communicate clearly, has helped. All of these things have helped get to where we are now. Definitely eliminating things like scarcity, fear, and coming from more of a place of um, abundance. It sounds airy-fairy, but um, yeah, it's many elements that contribute to where we are now. Mm. Yeah, and often emotional things or mindset-related stuff does have this eerie fury feel to it because it's not tangible you know yes you're the things that have affected you from childhood or, or whatever you don't necessarily realize those in the moment you know you only become conscious of those things and how they affect you over time and but doing the work is so so important and I really respect everything you've done and I think you have such a refreshing perspective on how to approach communication especially when it comes to money so Thank you so much for your time, Maru. But I really wanted to highlight what Vive is doing in the community, some of your events. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. And also, thank you for having me. It's been a a real honour and a pleasure um, talking to you. Yeah, so when um, Jeff and I 
went into business together beginning of last year, I told him that we got work to do. We got work to do outside the income generating stuff to the business. We've got work to do because we need to make all this financial education stuff that only a small portion of our society has access to. We need to make it available to everybody at an affordable price. So we... um, established another wing to the business um, it's not really technically business another extension uh, it's called Vive Workshops uh, or Vive Ed NZ and it is about curating workshops and bringing these financial literacy workshops to the community in collaboration with other financial industry experts volunteering their time to be part of these workshops and they talk about their own specialised areas like mortgages, investments financial planning, budgeting side hustles Uh, money mindset all of those things you know just half an hour sessions on these different topics um, to make it accessible to everybody and anybody at an affordable price amazing and if people want to keep up with what events are coming up or you know talk to you where can they reach out or find that um you can follow our our instagram page vive ed nz it's a fairly new page so we don't have many content or followers on there it's a growing page but yeah we are updating our instagram page so you can find us there or our website incredible well thank you again so much i have loved 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 this conversation and i know everyone would have as well so appreciate your time and we will catch up soon yeah absolutely and thank you so much for your time sarah i really appreciate it thank you so much for listening to this episode of the one up project if you want to find more stuff just like this check out our other apps or follow us at the one up project on instagram or tiktok see you there